Hello everyone and welcome to The Wounded Healer, where we try to make the human experience more enjoyable. I'm your host Keith, and today I'm kind of wanting to talk about consciousness and our subconscious or unconscious. You'll hear it, you know, called both, um, but we're going to refer to it as the subconscious for the sake of today. Uh... Why are these two important for that human experience or for that or for the connection or to make things more enjoyable? Well, um, as you're going to find out by the end of this thing, um, our, our consciousness kind of has like a, a guard, a little guard dog that we sometimes keep in place to prevent things from affecting us on a deeper level, whether that's communication, emotions, um, and obviously those things can affect the human experience, right? <clears throat> so, questions are, can we influence the unconscious through the consci consciousness or conscious? Um, can we bypass kind of that autopilot, that, that guard dog? And... For the sake of the human experience, when bypassed, can it and will it have uh, a deeper meeting or allow us to have a deeper connection with other people? We shall find out. Uh, I'd say, but first, really, uh, as we listen to this and as we listen to most things in life, you know, you have to have an open mind and you have to clear your own conscience of any doubt that you cannot connect with someone on a deeper level and uh, you, know, you deserve these connections no matter who they're with um, we're social creatures and you know everyone has something to offer and you have, that's why you have to be open-minded you know you really have to take time and be an active listener and sometimes you know just withhold some of your opinions um, until you feel satisfied with what they're saying. You know, there's there's been studies at Stanford and Harvard and uh, we there's been things that they've published in, you know, psychology journal that even the smallest amount of connection can make people happier. And that goes with any any person. So happy is good. And at the end of the day, we just want to make this whole experience more enjoyable, right? <clears throat> so, I am a little nasally today, getting over a cold. I have some hot coffee here right beside me. So, hoping that helps so it doesn't sound too bad. The conscious or mind-body connection, you know, that's something that we've tried to figure out for centuries. You know, you go back to the Greeks, and <clears throat> they thought it was just... We were born with the universal innate knowledge. They thought it was kind of just something that hovered around and we just absorbed it. You automatically knew it. And so on. You know, as you, we moved into more modern times, I guess you would say, like the 17th century, famous philosophers like Rene Descartes uh, believed in a dualism theory where the mind could exist separate from the body. Uh, and as we go into the late 19th century, into the 20th century, and more so even 
where we're at now in the 21st century. Uh, Freud, who one of the most famous psychologists of our times and who was the father of the psychoanalyst style of therapy, believed there were three parts of the mind. There was a preconscious, a conscious, and an unconscious. Uh, each of those conflicting, but important to influencing behavior. <clears throat> and along with Freud, there was Carl Jung, uh, probably one of the most influencing uh, folks or contributors to modern psychology and the the self, the mind, the conscious and unconscious. Uh, and his theory was the collective unconscious or we connected to each other through like ancestral shared experiences and that's how we give meaning to the world. And then now here in the 21st century, you know, we obviously have better technology and we also have all of the history uh, and stuff that they've contributed for us to kind of gather our thoughts from. And we say, or we believe that consciousness is being aware and a responsive a responsiveness to one's surroundings <clears throat> why we say that well we know some of this awareness and responsiveness is passed down through evolution again technology history everything that's been contributed gives us an unfair advantage of all the other folks but they were on the right track they did have an idea which is pretty amazing considered limited resources they had to work with so we know through evolution uh, that we have this awareness and responsiveness uh, and it, it's found within our brainstem um, and the particular region of the brainstem is called the pons and it sets literally right in the middle of the brainstem kind of resembles an Adam's apple so if you were to look at a brainstem you're going to see just a little hump there like an Adam's apple that's the pons region uh, and within that region there's this particular uh, group of nerves called the reticular activating system or RAS uh, those nerves that that nerve pathway uh, in that pons area of the brainstem uh, mediates our overall consciousness that we experience um, so it's responsible for you kind of shutting down and being able to go to sleep. And it's also responsible for when you wake up in the morning, you're up, you're aware, and you're alert, and everything starts to activate. You start to get going. Something maybe that's more familiar that, you know, you can probably think back and go, oh, yeah, um, that RAS or reticular activating system is also the same reason why when you hear a noise, your head turns to that direction. It literally will happen automatically. That's that RAS system activating um, and making you aware of a potential threat. And I'm sure we've all experienced this. We can spend hours talking about uh, the RAS. <clears throat> I'm a big brain nerd. Uh, I love learning about the brain. I'm sure at some point we will have an entire show uh, on that region. Um, and we touched on it during the uh, anxiety podcast. Because uh, that, that brainstem, that pons area, all that's a part of that limbic system also. 
Um, and how we know that the reticular activating system contributes to our consciousness is because of incidents with patients and studies that if there's any damage done to this area, even the slightest, we're talking millimeters of damage done to this area, you will not be awake. You will not be conscious. Um, it's just lights out. And so that's how we know that it can be partially responsible for consciousness. <clears throat> so, you know, we all have a conscious and an unconscious state of being. It's kind of like an autopilot. Um, it's your everyday self. Uh, you know, so they're not all, they were not all wrong, like I said, in the past, considering those limited resources that they had. I mean, they, they could not look inside the brain and, and see where these things were taking place. You know, although there are physical but not visible actions up there, you know, you have to l literally be hooked up to a machine that can read small amounts of electric pulse or an imaging machine like your fMRIs, MRI machines, uh, to see any of this take place. It's, so, you know, we can... So the, the, your conscious self or autopilot, which your everyday thoughts, feelings, and awareness... Um, your unconscious mind holds all that information you want to hide and re repress or store. So it's basically like that little trash can icon you have on your computer that's overflowing. That's your unconscious. Uh, you know, I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that it can hold or, or store around 2.5 million gigabytes of memory, which... We know it's not infinite, but that's an awful lot. I don't know about any of you out there, but I'm damn sure never going to max mine out. And I don't know of anyone that can. Um, even, the, you know, the Einsteins and the, the Elon Musk of the world, the Bill Gates, they're not even close, right? <clears throat> so how do we get all of that stored memory back? Uh, and when I say stored memory, it's everything from when you were born to where you are right now. Your mind, your brain, conscious, unconscious, it, whatever it is up there, however you want to refer to it, it holds all of that. Um, so how do we get that out of there and get it back up to a conscious, a consciousness or us being aware? Um <clears throat> And the way that that would take place or how that would happen is when we make certain neurons fire. Um, also, that would be known as an action potential. So, you know, bear with me. This is when a presynaptic or sending neuron causes the transmission of a signal or the release of neurotransmitters to another neuron the post-somatic synaptic <clears throat> receiving neuron, making the post-synaptic neuron either more or less likely to fire its own action potential. When I say that, um, I say that it, it's going to fire its own action potential, but that's based off of your patterns. Um, you know, it, it's how, it's basically how our brains communicate with itself. Now, we can create 
habits or patterns within those neurons and you know they're going to fire a certain way unless you want to interrupt those patterns or create new patterns new neuropathways um, so when all of that happens that stuff is brought forward to the conscious mind and now you respond you react you behave you have an emotion um, it makes you feel a certain way you do a certain thing and again a lot of what you feel and how you react and respond are based off of patterns that is important to remember because this is a lot of what drives your everyday um, actions attitudes responses uh, and kind of the outcome of most people's day are based off of your patterns that you run first thing in the morning so take that for what you will and again we can always get more into those things but today is just about can we bypass some consciousness right so all of that being said that's how your brain communicates and this happens about 86 billion times a second uh, so you know when you make those bad decisions just know you had about 85 billion other reasons not to do so so in short it's just an emotional and rational associations based on individual values right now this is why you would want to bypass it sometimes you want to bypass those values or their bias their biases towards something their mindset their beliefs right the things that cause barriers and relationships and conversation and debate uh, in the workplace with friends out at the bar with neighbors you want to be able to bypass that guard that guard dog that that wall that barrier that they have and you know it, it does take a little bit of, of energy and effort on your end and that's why I said earlier just clear that mind you know go into this thing open-minded going to it knowing that you need the connection no matter how small of a connection it is or meaningless it is, you need it. There's a reason why you're right there at that time. Take advantage of it. There's always something to learn. There's always some kind of, you know, data you can you can pull from a conversation with somebody, and, and you can definitely always learn something. Uh, yeah. So where were we at? Yes. The reasons why we want to bypass it. Um, and we, like we said, we do know that a lot of this stuff, um, genetically passed down previous generations through evolution. Um, we also know that, you know, through implemented suggestions, we can bypass the consciousness. Um, and hell, you know, you can learn most of this stuff on TikTok nowadays. So, you know, welcome to the future, Marty. I don't recommend that. But they are bypassing your consciousness and delivering some suggestions that you're just not aware of. It's a mini form of brainwashing, basically. Alright, that was a lot of information, I know. And my throat is killing me. So that kind of brings us to today, right? 
where we know a ton more than what we used to know about the conscious and the subconscious or unconscious. Through uh, modern advancements in neuroscience, uh, we also know what parts of the brain are active during different experiences. And that's pretty neat because it's helped us a ton. Um, in many ways, it's, it's helped in psychology aspect, uh, in a medical, like surgery setting, uh, you know, anything from people that are experiencing phantom limbs when they have amputations or born without limbs or, uh, you know, some type of deformation, uh, in, in the human body. Um, and through this advancement in neuroscience and neurology and, and imaging, you know, we're able to see what parts of the brain are active and it gives us a better idea, more localized area that we can focus on. And through patience and trial and error and things like that, we can get better. And you have seen that, you know, in our lifetime, we've seen people benefit from all of this. Um, now, we've kind of answered our question, can we bypass the consciousness? Yes, we can. Let's talk about some techniques. Um, and how all that information that we have from the past and the and the and the present um, allows us the ability to do so. Um, we do know that through brain mapping, uh, because of this imaging and, and the advancements, that language or language patterns can influence your mind. Uh, and people like Tony Robbins uh, or anyone who has written a, a self-help book. Uh, they've taken advantage of this for years and they've made a ton of money uh, basically telling you to stop thinking you can't and replace you know that that voice or those voices in your head with I can personally I'm not a fan of the fake it till you make it genre it will come back to bite you in the ass so I just recommend you actually getting your shit together um, but there's obviously a market out there for those other things. Um, but, you know, you just do you. These are just my opinions. Uh, I am a big believer in that if you're faking it till you make it, at some point during the day or in your life, it's going to seep out that it is all a facade so it's better to just do it the right way, put the work in, get your shit together, uh, no matter how long it takes, it's more beneficial for you and the folks around you. Again, just my opinion, so please don't hate me for not being excited and over-enthusiastic about the self-help thing. People need that. It does help them. I'm not saying it doesn't help. So, whatever works, right? <clears throat> These language patterns are linguistic techniques. Um, and you may have also heard them as uh, NLP. Um, and that's something that's been, that was popular a couple years ago. 
neurolinguistic neuro-ling- programming, um, and it's again, it's it's language patterns, um, and all of these techniques and and teachings were a product of a man named Milton Erickson, who uh, was born ni- about 1901, lived to 1980. Uh, he was a psychiatrist and a hypnotherapist. He specialized in family therapy. He later resided and I believe passed away out in Arizona. There's a couple, uh, well, you can find his videos all over YouTube. Um, he's got a Milton Erickson Foundation out there. He had a movie that I have not been able to find. It's called The Wizard in the Desert. And man, I have been looking everywhere for that. I would love to watch it. It's just, I haven't been able to find it. Um, I think he's written over 50 books. Uh, and one of my favorite books is the uh, My Voice Will Go With You. And it's the teaching tales of Milton Erickson. And it's just stories uh, of him and his unorthodox way of teaching and his language patterns with different patients. There's some neat stuff in there. Um, And it, for me personally, it's really allowed me to feel more comfortable uh, talking to folks about certain things because... You don't have to have those medical term. You don't have to always use the medical terminology. You don't always have to have an answer to why a person feels a certain way. Um, You can just talk through things and ask questions and put things into perspective um, and kind of, I guess, make it easy uh, and comfortable. Whereas I believe sometimes that medical setting can make people uncomfortable. Um, and almost dehumanize the the medical professional uh, where Milton Erickson did a really good job of kind of just making people feel comfortable and and really connecting on that deeper level um, something that we would love to accomplish so uh, yeah so he believed the unconscious mind is always listening and that even if a subject is not in a trance Suggestions can be effectively delivered when linguistically made to have some type of resonance at the unconscious level. Basically, the goal, again, to bypass their ability to criticize the message, so bypass that conscious guard dog and imprint suggestions. Uh, And, you know, again, this works. This is very effective in a therapy setting. Uh, it can be very effective in a workplace setting when trying to get a bunch of people on board with an idea or trying to get a team to move in the right direction or even with your friends and family when you want to eat pizza at night instead of Chinese takeout. Uh, and I'm sure we all have those nights if we've vacationed with family and no one can decide on dinner. Some simple Embedded commands or use of metaphors can determine what you can have the group eat for dinner. Um, and we can get into that later, <laughs> which we will. I'm going to go through some examples, but uh, it's, this is just how these things work. It's pretty simple. It can be fun. It can be effective and meaningful for all parties. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, let's talk 
let's get into some examples, right? Um, so one example of a linguistic technique uh, would simply be the tonality or the tone or emphasis you put on certain words. Um, I have a great example. Um, you know, this has been proven effective and it, it works. It works for a couple reasons. Uh, and you know, I'll explain that. Um, but, uh, you know, so if, if you have little kids and we're talking, you know, that five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, age range, and, you know, they won't go to bed. You know, we all do this long day. They're still up. They're fighting you. They don't want to go to bed or they don't want to sleep in their bed. You know, you want, again, a lot of this stuff, all of this stuff, life, right? Takes a little bit of time, a little bit of effort from you and openness. So you, you have to get them into their bedroom. You have to get them in their pajamas, right? Because what you're doing as you're basically setting that that pace you're you're engineering the outcome we're already in your room we're getting in your pajamas which means pajamas are associated with sleep their bedroom their bed right this is engineering that behavior this is engineering the outcomes you want you have to think ahead you have to time energy effort this just doesn't happen for people. It's not going to just happen. You can't just sit on the couch and say, and wish that they go to bed, right? It's, it, sometimes it's going to work maybe if they're super sleepy. But no, the point is, is you have to put in a little bit of effort um, and be genuine about it. Again, you're engineering an outcome that you want. All right, so we're getting, getting them in the room. We're getting them in their pajamas. You know, now you use a calm downward tone because authority is associated with a downward tone um, and it could be simply this Keith please get in the bed I'm using a downward tone I'm using their name for focus focus is currency focus is key anytime we hear our name it automatically sets up some type of alertness in us and we're more focused Keith please get into the bed as I'm saying this, I make eye contact with them when I say their name. I motion with my head towards the bed. My eyes are locked on the bed. I say nothing else after that. I hold my eyes on the bed for a few seconds, say nothing. What this does, it's going to do a couple things. <laughs> there was tension there, right? Remember, they don't want to go to bed. You want them to go to bed. Trust me, they're unconscious or subconscious mind their body the part that's regulating these emotions that RAS system recognizes that there's a little tension there so what you do by removing your eyes from them and your face you've motioned towards the bed you subconsciously de-escalate them and you de-escalate the situation uh, and that's how our brains work so they will stop perceiving you as a threat. But then this also allows their little undeveloped prefrontal cortex, that decision-making part of our brains, that, you know, it allows them to process it 
and do the right thing. They're going to crawl up in the bed. You're going to cover them up. You're going to give them a kiss, say goodnight, and you get to live to fight another day, right? It's parenting. It's you're just This is what we do. But it does work. It can work. It can be fun. You're going to walk out of there when it happens, and you're going to feel this sense of power that you literally just made somebody do something and you didn't have to act like an asshole about it. You overrode their conscious mind, activated that unconscious part that controls them, and you made them do something. And it's that simple. Uh, So again... You know their their little brains. Uh, you know they their little brains evolved exactly like ours did. So you got to remember that their little brain doesn't know the difference between mom or dad trying to put them to bed for their own good or a hungry lion trying to eat them. So feel good about what you just accomplished and go on about your night. And you know so remember authority is communicated in a downward tone and place emphasis on the command. And you will now have bypassed that conscious brain and you're going to speak to the unconscious part of the brain. So tonality and emphasis. Uh, example two, metaphors. Uh, the use of metaphors. So a story is a vehicle. Most people tell a story simply to deliver the story. However, stories are just metaphors that can contain hundreds of hidden messages or suggestions. Uh, you know, the while the conscious mind is focused on the story, the hidden message that you place into the story is being absorbed much more easily by the unconscious. Uh, and this is seen every single day of your life. Uh, it is a common practice with advertisers, marketing campaigns, you know, all that propaganda stuff. That's exactly what they're doing. So, you know, you can use this as a technique also, you know, when you are trying to help somebody through something, teach them something, you're trying to get a group of people on board with a project, associate what you want done or what you want the outcome to be with some type of story. Stories stick in their brains. They have to focus and listen you can deliver that message, you know. So when, you, when you're telling a story that, that captivates that imagination or focus, then you have the ability to deliver a message to them. Um, one of my favorites, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, third example um, is the, I guess what you would refer to it as a third-party authority. Uh, it's, you can, let's see, you basically can take someone that they associate with authority to kind of quote or deliver your message. Um, so again, this takes a little bit of time, a little bit of energy and effort. You know, you have a rapport with someone, um, you're, you're scrolling through their social media feed and you kind of see some of the folks that they follow they're to motivated by and you can use that again to deliver a message towards the outcome or 
an ending, you know, that, that you're looking for. So it's something like this, you know, you could say, I remember reading this quote from blank and he said blank, you know, you kind of insert your message in there or here's another example. The, the Dalai Lama always says that if you put your shoes on the right foot first, the day's going to be better, right? Like those little things. Again, you take someone that they associate authority with and use that person to quote and deliver your message. Um, you know, here we go. Another one could be something like, uh, I saw the hit of an organization on an interview last week and he was saying, you know, insert your message. These are very powerful. They work. They're pretty easy. They go unnoticed. Um, and again, just takes a little bit of time, effort, and energy from you. But you can generate or engineer the outcome that you want. Uh, some other things that you can do, they can just use on a daily basis or what they refer to as embedded commands. Uh, you know, the, the idea behind an embedded command is that you use phrases that lead into commands. So they kind of set people up to begin following your train of thought, which makes it a little bit easier to bypass their consciousness. Um, and then remember, if you put more emphasis on that command, the emphasis will stand out and the unconscious part of that person's brain will pick up on that and say, oh, we need to pay attention to that. This is how your brain works. All of our brains work the exact same way, whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> you know, this is how it works. And it's the simplest little things that, that can get you. But if you know these things and you can use them for the greater good, you and the folks around you will benefit. Uh, and, you know, one way you can kind of start those embedded commands would be something like you're talking to somebody. And then you could say, well, you probably already know this or but and now you've bypassed that and you can go right into whatever it is you're trying to deliver or something like uh, maybe you haven't blank yet but you might want you know you, you go right into it it's smooth it's pretty easy somewhat covert right um, you know you could say it's easy to blank is it not? That's very easy. That's very simple. You're already applying that it's easy. And then by finishing with, is it not, you're going to get them to agree with you that it's easy. See how that works? So now you have compliance, suggestibility, and you are engineering outcomes. Um, or this, you know, you could say, you might notice how good blank feels when you blank. You're getting their mind to already associate with something. You're talking about it's good, feels. These are things that they know, it's tangible, it's measurable, that we all experience. So we can pull those things right back up. You're getting those neurons to fire, right? You're bringing that subconscious to the conscious. <clears throat> when you use these phrases, when you use metaphors, when you use tonality... An emphasis it allows those neurons to fire it brings that stuff back up um, 
the one of the ones that is very powerful is if you know can you imagine and you will see that in all these big sales pitches in everything can you imagine yourself in this car can you imagine yourself in that house can you imagine yourself behind the desk at that new job once you're told something <laughs> once you're asked to do something or not to do something your brain first has to bring it forward has to bring it out of the think tank into the executive function area to process whether we should keep this or not that's why you say that that's why you say can you imagine that's why when i say don't think of a red cat with long teeth you're automatically thinking of a red cat with long teeth and then your brain has to decide is this information relevant to you now if not it goes into that recycle bin if it is it stays up there and we think about it <clears throat> um so again, a lot of these embedded commands are great working with, uh, if you're in sales, uh, if you're pitching something to a group, um, if you're in a group environment and you have a group project, or you're trying to get a team on board to do things or to accomplish something. Um, you know, and just real quick, we kind of went a little bit longer than normal today. Uh, and I think I've probably left a lot of stuff out. But one quick thing back to the pizza night. If you're going to have pizza or Chinese, you know, I know we've all been out on vacations with friends and family. And it's always, you know, a, the hardest thing to do is to figure out what you want to eat. Using simple techniques like this, maybe throughout your day or a couple hours before it's time to do something, will turn the tables for the outcome um so with that being said use these techniques try them out i'd love to hear how they worked you can leave comments um you can always email me at hd882014 at gmail.com i'd love to hear it from you see you on the next one